My hope was and is to, in a way, pick up where the youth left off. We don't, most of us, get the chance to take a week away and go to Passport like they did. They took time out of their lives to change their perspective. To listen to God anew and to, to talk about now, as they come back, how they were changed, how they were blessed. How it was that God makes a difference in their life. And that is a sermon in and of itself. And it's enough to stand on its own. But in some ways, if you're listening, it may leave you wanting. Like, oh, I wish, I wish I could do that. I wish I could have access to God the way that they did. Because when it comes to your life and mine... Like, we're busy. But I wonder if our problem is not that God is different at Passport, but that our attention is different than theirs. Our attentiveness to God is different sometimes because the same God that is God at Passport is also God here at home with us all the time. And one of the reasons we know that is because of this passage I'm going to read from Ephesians, from Ephesians chapter 1. It talks about all of the good things that God is and that God does and how God gives so much to us. And following the scripture reading, I just want to offer three like shifts in perspective that you and I need to make so that we can, in a way in the midst of our regular lives, have an experience of God that is somewhat akin to what these youth have experienced in the last week or what our youth experienced at Passport or what I experienced any time that I went to Passport as a youth minister or on a mission trip. Three things that we can do to help get us back in touch with the God who loves us so much and we're told about right here In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before Him in love. He destined us for adoption as His children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace that He freely bestowed on us, the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace that He lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, He has made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure that He set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time. To gather up all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of Him who accomplishes all things, according to His counsel and will, so that we, 
who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might also live for the praise of His glory. In Him, you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in Him, you were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's people, to the praise of His glory. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Start with a couple illustrations or allegories or parallels. In 2009, ESPN Films 30 for 30 documentaries released a film called Broke. You may have seen it one night when you were flipping channels and you got sucked into the story. Broke is the story of athletes who made millions upon millions of dollars and flittered it all away, wasted it, it's gone, and now they are broke. They received unfathomable sums of money and it all went away. You can do a Google search, not just on athletes about that, but do a Google search on lottery winners who lost it all. If your Google's anything like mine, before you are done typing in lottery winners who, lost it all will be one of the options. Lottery winners who lost it all. There are countless stories of individuals who won large sums of money through the lottery, yet they lost it all. Now, the particularities of those stories actually don't matter for me today. Because that's not what, that's not what is important about those stories. What's important about those stories is that they're cautionary tales. They're cautionary tales about how if we don't pay proper attention to the gifts we've been given, we can lose it all. And a week at Passport has reminded these youth of the gifts they have been given. And when you read that passage from Ephesians, if you don't hear about the gifts you have been given... Read it again. God bestowed abundance and grace and love upon all of us. God has made us a part of His inheritance that happened before the beginning of the world. And the task for us is to remember that, to uncover the things that are keeping us from that. So that Things on earth might be a little bit more like they are in heaven, and things at home might be a little bit more like they are at Passport. And so how do we do that? The first thing is we've got to pay more attention to the Spirit than to our stuff. I'm going old school preacher today, and we're going to be real alliterative. But we've got to pay more attention to the Spirit than to our stuff. It is tempting it's, it's commonplace to ascribe the blessings of God and line them up with the financial or material gifts that we have been given. But listening to what Shelby said, if, if you are blessed because of what you are given, then 90% of the world is not blessed. I thought he had the whole world in his hands. We are not who we are because of our stuff. 
God loves the poorest people just as much as the richest one. And if we listen to Jesus too much, what we will hear is that it's actually our accumulation of our stuff that keeps us from being in touch with Him. Oh, I love stuff. You love stuff. Stuff in and of itself is not bad. But when stuff gets in the way of us attending to God's Spirit, it's a problem. And I've been to a week at Passport, and when they make you put your phones away, and you're in t-shirts and Nike shorts and flip-flops or closed-toed shoes because of your mission site, right? Stuff is not what you're attending to for a week at Passport. And paying better attention to the Spirit than our stuff is something we can do at home, too. The second thing is that we need to live with intention rather than indulgence. The treadmill of life that we run on is relentless. And it causes us to forget that we need to live with intention. And so what we seek is just indulgence, just escape. We indulge in things beyond our means or beyond ourselves that take us out of the regular world, but don't necessarily bring us closer to God. They just provide ways for us to check out. Calgon, take me away. Is not Calgon, take me to the Lord. It's take me away. Shut it off. And a week like Passport is great because it's an escape with purpose. And too often we just escape. But Passport is an escape with purpose, not an exercise of indulgence, is it? How many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches did you eat? Does anybody want to testify to the indulgences available at the Greensboro College Cafeteria? (laughs) I'm seeing a bunch of no's. There is no indulgence at Passport, save the indulgence of relationships and attending to the Spirit of God. But when you just step away from everything without attention, you forget the importance of purpose. And so we need to focus on intention, not just indulgence. Both of these are related to the final thing. The final point, which is we need to embrace our vocation more than our vacations. I told you I was going old school Baptist preacher today. A vocation is more than a job. When we think vocation and we just think about a vocational training school, we sell vocation short. Vocation is about who God has created you to be and how God has created you to operate within the world. It's not how you make your money to pay your bills. That's a job. But I think too many times we settle for living our life in such a way that gets us through to the weekend. gets us through to the next vacation. And if we do that, if we focus on the next vacation instead of our vocation, then we're living for the weekend and the other 48, 49, or 50 weeks out of the year that you have to go to work cease to have meaning. And I don't think you want to live a meaningless life 
92% of the time. Do you? God has gifted you with this inheritance. God has loved you and given you this love and wants you to experience it in all places at all times and in, in, in countless ways. But if all you're focusing on is the grind that gets you to the next rest, then you're missing something about the life that God has given you. And if we've heard anything from these kids this week, we heard it that they want this week that they have been a part of to be informative for the rest of the weeks that they live throughout the year. Right? I mean, Passport is great. It's the best. But it's great because it helps you through the rest of the year, not because it's the only good week of the year. All of us live busy lives. We can name the reasons why we're busy. Work, children, parents, grandchildren, chores, to-do lists, volunteer responsibilities, obligations at church and the community, on boards with councils, taking care of the yard, taking care of the house. We could go on and on and on and on. But sometimes we're too busy to focus on the things that we need to focus on to give meaning to those other parts of our life. That's why a week, a passport is so great. You get to hit the reset button. It focuses you on the Spirit with intention and allows you as youth to explore your vocation, who it is God's created you to be. But, but passport doesn't hold a monopoly on those things. God does. And so for the rest of us, if we choose the spirit over stuff, if we choose intention over indulgence, and when we choose vocation over vacation, we focus on the things in our lives that they get to focus on when they're away at Passport for a week. And we can do that too. So in the hours and days ahead, remember the words of confession from these youth. Consider the bravery it took to get out of the pew and come stand right here and say something to you. Consider that if they can do that, it's because the Spirit of God is working on them. And be inspired to remember that the God of Ephesians 1, who graciously gives so much to all of us, is not just at Passport. God is with us also. And the way that we do that is to embrace the Spirit with intention, looking towards who God called us to be and what God has called us to do with the vocation that is our lives. We can do that. Let's ask God to help us with it as we pray. Eternal and gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks that the church is a community of believers of all ages and that we all have the blessing and the ability to learn from each one. And Lord, today we learn from the youth of passport, the youth that went to Passport what a blessing it is to experience you afresh and anew, to feel your love and your strength, and to know a better way forward 
because we've tied ourselves to you. And so, Lord, may that be the prayer, not just for these youth, but for all of us. That we all might know your love afresh and anew because we've been tuned to your spirit intentionally about who it is we're called to be. And Lord, grant us wisdom to know that and grant us the courage to step forward and embody that and experience that and live that today and for each day that lies ahead inside these walls and especially outside of these walls in the places where life happens, but also in the places where you are and you promise to be with us. Loving God, that is our prayer today, and it's a prayer that we offer in your great name, that we ask in your great name, seeking your help, seeking your help, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We ask it today. Amen.